0: It's good to have you guys. It's good to see my family in church today. I'm glad you made it. I'm glad that, you know, I get to do this. They they trust me to do this probably about once a year and so I'm glad just to <laughs> I'm glad that I get to be here with you guys and so um I get to, you know, not say that you're guinea pigs, but I mean, I get to do this in a on a large platform and I get to hang out with youth on a regular basis and so you know, anytime I get a chance to spend time with my 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 larger family, my church family, it's a blessing and an honor. So I I appreciate the opportunity and. Guys, I want to give it up for our leadership. We have an amazing leadership team between Mike and Starla, Pastor Travis, and Rachel, and whenever we have Pastor Josh and Cecily, and we have Nahuel and Corey, we, I mean, we have and Pastor Tina and Dan. We have an incredible staff and I, I mean, this this person goes a lot without being mentioned, but Miss Miss Jamie Walkingstick, I, she's not in here right now. She's probably doing something, but she is like the MVP of our entire team, and I don't know if she gets enough credit, but I just want to give her some credit today because she is awesome, and I thank her for all the hard work that she does here at the church, um, but kind of getting started. Today, the title of my message is going is to be called Plot Twist, and so I don't know about you guys, but I, this is going to be kind of on a literary theme throughout the entire message, so bear with me, but I really love a good story, yeah? Yeah? Anybody? Anybody in the house know what I'm talking about? You I mean, we are Americans. We consume and we consume and we consume, right? We love going to the movie theater. <laughs> I mean, Star Wars what hit 280 some odd billion dollars just in the box office this last weekend. That's crazy. But we I mean, like we love attaching ourselves to a good story. Me, you know, part of who I am, kind of, is going to feel in here. I, I love Superman. That's just kind of one of these storylines. I love Jesus, and I love Star Wars, and so I mean, all of these things kind of make up my my history and my past. But these are incredible stories to me that I like to latch onto. Now, for some of you, that may be a little different. So, for like, I know Terry Schaefer or Miss Terry, she likes Star Trek. She's probably you go up to her, she's got a Star Trek necklace on, and she's probably wearing a Star Trek ring. Yeah? She's got it on, she's pulling it up. So I'm just saying she likes the storyline of Star Trek. Some of us we connect and we like different types of stories. Like I know my wife, I don't I don't see her in here right now, but she is a comedy, she loves comedy. She loves to laugh, but she also likes musicals. Now I'm not that, I wasn't that personal. I think the only musical before I met Rochelle that I ever watched was my mom made me watch just about every Christmas, White Christmas. (laughs) And and so the nostalgia of White Christmas around the holidays is a huge deal for me. But that was a big, like, White Christmas, that's I think the only musical that I ever watched. And so since then, she's kind of warmed me up to it. I go to the Civic Center more often now. But it's just kind of fun to know that, like, I haven't ever been into that stuff, and she's kind of won me over. Um, some of us, you know, the story of Christmas. So, Christmas, Frosty the Snowman, Jolly Old Saint Nick. You know, these, these are some really good stories that we love, and we just, like, we're just fascinated with all throughout the year. The Easter Bunny, you know, all that stuff. We've got just storylines, we try to get our kids in on it, and I love it. I love, this is amazing stuff. Um, Lord of the Rings, anybody? Anybody like Lord of the Rings? No. Yeah, some. Yeah. Okay. Well, I know that there's some men in here like action. They like some action stuff. So I mean, they're kind of like I know Marvin. Whenever I, he's not here today, but Marvin, uh, he's our senior adults pastor. He he is he's a big like war film kind of documentary type stuff. And I know that about Marvin. And, and like some of us like those storylines. Some of us like sports. Yeah. Can you say Baker Mayfield, Heisman Trophy winner, sports? Like, we're talking about storylines that are epic and awesome. And so, like, I love watching what sports bring us on a regular basis. And some of us are captivated by the storylines involved in there. Like, some of us, we got super angry whenever KD left the Thunder. Yeah, we were super invested because we liked having him on our team. And now we're just like, whatever, whatever. We got Russ, we got Paul George, <laughs> we got Melo, he's an eh. <laughs> <I've got, laughs> I love you shaking your head now, I love that. You're such a huge Thunder fan, man, I love you, Timo. Um, <laughs> Pastor Trav, I know that Pastor Trav likes NCIS. He likes storylines and stuff like that. He can, like, we all connect different things. We all like to read and connect with different stories, and that's what makes life interesting. That's what makes it so fun. Um, but a storyline, we also realize, is usually only about as good as the person writing it, right? Stories only about as good, like, Terry, who is it that wrote Star Trek? Who's the person that created it? Rod and Perry. Yes. Okay, so I could say Star Wars, and since I'm a Star Wars fan, I could tell you immediately it's George Lucas. Like, we know some of the best authors out there, like, for instance, in British uh, writing, uh, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, he's huge. He wrote all the Sherlock stories from, like, Sherlock Holmes, this guy familiar with you guys, the great detective. So, like, these are some people that are incredible writers that have their name tagged to certain things. And so, I know that story is only about as good as the person telling it. And now, I'm not the best storyteller in the world. I like listening to good stories. <laughs> you know, I'm the consumer of stories. Like my dad, he's the police officer. He's the guy that's got stories out like he's got so many stories he has from whenever he was working on the force, and he will sit down in front of you on a campfire setting and he starts like telling the story and then he starts laughing. And just like, dude, what are you laughing at? And so he's kind of like, in a way, reeling you into the story that he's about to tell. Because if it makes him laugh about the story that he's about to tell, I got to know what it is that he's got to tell. And so he, like, they have these draws. Everybody has this certain way of telling a story. But a lot of times the story is only as good as the person's writing it. And Christ was known for being a good storyteller himself. He actually kind of created a genre in a way. Anybody remember Parables like a genre in itself. I mean, so we all have, like, our different genres that we like, but he created one, and I truly believe that out of all the stories ever told, you know, Christ's sacrifice on the cross tops my list, right? That's why we're all here today. Amen? That's right, right? Yes? That's why we're here today. That's why we're celebrating. That's why we're worshiping. That's why we're giving God glory as we worship, because he is the one thing that tops, like, the best story of all time. It's the greatest story, and I'm, you know, I, I'm a firm believer in that. And his sacrifice on the cross did it for me. Um, And I also believe, and I want to try to convince you guys today, that some of the greatest stories, I believe, are still yet to be told. And so I'm going to kind of break that down here in a little bit. But um, I'm going to be setting the scene. If you're going to be taking notes, is kind of like my first point, setting the scene, getting us reeled in a little bit. The Bible is packed full of some of the best writing known to man. Like, just think about it. I mean, if the greatest author of all time, like, okay, what's the best-selling book of all time? Can I give you a hint? Here we go. (laughs) Best-selling book of all time. If the best-selling book of all time is such a bestseller, then it's got to have some good stories in there, right? Think about all the stories that you loved whenever you were in Sunday school as a kid that just kind of captivated you and just brought you into the story and you loved it so much. Like, I can think about some genres, but here, just be, we all know some of these stories, but indulge me for a second, okay? We're going to kind of go into the different breakdown of some of these categories. So I'm going to be in the action category for a second, okay? So let's take this for a moment, and we're thinking about David. David, he's got five stones. He's looking up at this giant. He's getting that sling ready to go. He's getting ready to go, whoosh, let that loose, and pow, right in the head. Dude, the Goliath goes crashing down. He, like, whips out this massive sword, and then he goes, whoosh, ah, down, and cuts off his head. Like, talk about action story. That's awesome. That's incredible. Like, that's some good stuff, and that, that actually happened. <laughs> like, whoa. So I'm, I'm saying that's action category. That's in First Samuel 17, if you want to know. Um, in Judges chapter 15, we talk about this guy, Samson. Samson in Acts, he had these long, flowing locks of hair. I'm trying to get there myself. Um, but he's got these long, flowing locks of hair. And the guy, he, he's, he, he's, he's in, in uh, Judges 15, he's staring down a thousand men. And he goes and he kills them all with, the jaw, with a jawbone. Like, talk about... Last man standing, and, like, he's not using any kind of weapons of modern technology. He's not using a sword. He's not using – he doesn't even have a shield. He's using a stinking jawbone. Like, that. that's action if I've ever seen it in my life. That's amazing. That's so cool. Um, In the romance category, now, you're going to have to bear with me on some of this because the Bible isn't really good except for Song of Solomon, you know, giving you, like, Song of Solomon giving you good romance stuff. But i got some cool romance stories that I thought of. Um, In Genesis chapter 2 through 3, you have Adam and Eve. Now, you guys think this is a romance story. Like, this is romance here, okay? So Adam setting the scene here. He's by himself. He's walking with God. He's hanging out with all these animals that he gets to name, right? But yet God notices that something is missing. Okay. Something's missing. What's missing? Eve that came and formed out of his rib, you know what I'm saying? And then Big God was like, and it's good, you know, and they became like the best of friends. They ate of the apple, the fall of man happened, but yet after that they still did life together. And they did it and they did and they conquered it and they did it in a crazy like they had this amazing love connection right there. That just to me it tells an amazing story that she was that missing piece. Yeah? Love story, maybe, a little bit of romance there. Um, second part of romance, I, I like to think, maybe, huh? babe, I love you, just saying, <laughs> I love you. Um, another part is in Matthew chapter 27. We talk about how the story of Jesus is beginning right here, okay? Um, I'm sorry, Matthew chapter 1. Uh, 27 is here in just a second. But the, the story of Jesus is beginning in Matthew 1, and it's talking about how Joseph is being visited by an angel, Mary, and he's being, he's, he's trying to be convinced by that angel that, no, you, you don't need to leave Mary. Like, this is because I, the Holy Spirit, I mean, God has put, you know, Jesus into her womb, and I, I want you to name him Jesus. I mean, you don't have to leave, but he Like, at that moment, we all have a choice. Whenever we have life decisions, big ones, we have a choice to make in that moment. And I'm not saying that, like, being visited by an angel would kind of help convince me one way or the other a little bit here, but he still had a choice to make. And he chose Mary to be his wife. And they had children, several of them, even after Jesus was born. And just talk about the love and the – like, I can only imagine as a dad, like, having to grow up and, like, hang out, like, see see my son – teaching me things about Scripture that I have no depth of understanding of. And I just, I can only imagine being his dad. But I just find that that love story between Mary and Joseph and the the things that they went through was just incredible. And then I come back to my favorite love story of all is just Christ's sacrifice on the cross. That's my favorite love story. It's the greatest love story of all time. And I find that that is just amazing. It's my favorite one. It's the romance category. in the science fiction category category. I'm going to take you guys to Genesis chapter 1. Now, for a second, I want you guys to paint the picture with me. Think that, like, you have this blank canvas where God has something to work with. It's blank, okay? He speaks life into existence, creates something from nothing, and the world exists. The beautiful stars, the planets, we're talking about all of this, this science fiction stuff. We're seeing God do incredible things, and I just find that that's just one of those examples for science fiction. Um, one of my favorite stories is the story of Elijah. And he's challenging these prophets of Baal and Asherah, and he just kind of goes toe-to-toe with them. They're like, look, put a sacrifice out there. You pray to your gods, I'll pray to mine. We'll see what who who's God actually answers, which one's better. And so the prophets of Baal are out there, and the Asherah prophets, there's like 500 or so of them. And they're all praying and they like nothing happens. And just for dramatic effect, Elijah goes and he's like, hey, go get like three bug like massive things of water and just chunk it on, you know, the, the bull that's being supposed to be sacrificed. And next thing you know, he's like, it's soaking wet. There's like a trench around the bull that just is filled with water. And the next thing you know, he's just like, dude, God, I love you. Just show these chumps that they don't know anything of what they're talking about and that you are the God of the universe. And fire from heaven. Talk about science fiction. Think about walking into your own backyard and seeing something like that take place. <laughs> For a second, I'd be a little freaked out because looking at that from heaven, yeah, that's just amazing. That would be like, I'm, I'm sold. Like, God, you're God, okay? There's no questioning, no doubt in my mind. Um, oh, we can't forget one of my also favorites, science fiction. What? I'm not saying your favorite. No. I'm <laughs> my favorite is like Moses parting the Red Sea. And can you imagine being the Israelites walking into just the, the, the ground that was dried up, but you have like water on both sides and it's like walking into an aquarium, that, like you walk underneath the ground, and you see like sharks swimming above you, <laughs> and you see fish swimming, but yet you've got this clear path just to make it clear to the other side. I mean, that's some amazing Like You can't make this stuff up. God is such a good storyteller. He's so good. He's so, he, he's so good at writing. Um, and, you know, in the thriller category. Some of us like thrillers, action thrillers. Some of us like some of that stuff. One of my favorite thrillers in all of the scripture is the thriller of King Saul trying to take down David. And the back and forth that goes on there. King Saul tries to get David to live in his house, marry his daughter. Next thing you know, he tries to kill him. <laughs> Next thing you know, you've got David fleeing in caves, trying to escape him. And it's this constant... Is he going to get him or is he not? Is he going to get him or is he not? And then now, you know, like, like David has a couple opportunities just to kill Saul, and he doesn't because he honors the crown that God's put on him. And, just, and eventually Saul, like, impales himself on his own spear. But I look at that, and that's like a thriller. That's a thriller. I mean, that's such good writing. It's so amazing just to sit there and read. And you can find that in First Samuel 16 through 31. kind of want to skip ahead here. You guys know the story of Paul and his missionary journeys, Apostle Paul? Apostle Paul became sh- shipwrecked one time, and he went shipwrecked onto the country of Malta today. So for those of us that know where that's at, you know, um, it's the country of Malta. He gets shipwrecked. He gets there. The, everybody's like looking at him like, hey, dude, you guys are like this isn't, you're not lucky. This isn't a good sign. You're shipwrecked. You're up here. He's trying to get a fire together. And as he's getting us fire together, he gets bitten by a viper. So they're looking at him as just the, the locals, like, dude, somebody's got it out for this guy. He's cursed. And the next thing you know, like, he's not dying. He's, he's still alive. He's still kicking. And the locals begin to think, oh, you must be a god. But no, he's, you know, Paul, the Apostle Paul is sitting there like, no, let me introduce you to the god. You know, right, sir. He's like setting it all up. But like, that, that's such a thrilling story listening to all of the Apostle Paul and all of his journeys and the things that he went through. The guy was preaching, and he got stoned to death. He was drug outside of a city, left for dead. It says that his apostles came to pray for him. He got back up grabbed his tunic, and walked right back into the city. Like, that's some thrilling stuff. I love what God and the people in the Bible do. This is one of my favorite books, and I love it. But every good story has something called a plot twist. (laughs) But every good story has a moment in it where something changes. It kind of flips the script changes everything about the story. Sometimes stories and authors use it a lot. Sometimes they change it quite often. Sometimes you don't know what's going to happen. Sometimes they wait to the very end and it's that surprise ending. You know what I'm saying? I'm so glad that whenever it comes to Jesus, we don't get some surprise ending and only the people that are left over in that moment are blessed by it. No, I'm so glad that that's not the case. (laughs) But the author's Get the luxury of telling the story and knowing just when to insert the plot twist. And like authors of the great story, our God knew exactly when to insert the plot twist. And He didn't put it in the back. He didn't wait for it to have some surprise ending. He put it right smack dab in the middle and made it available for us all. We know that Scripture; it leads up to the it leads up to Jesus and it finishes with Jesus. It's it's about Jesus. And that he's the he's the greatest plot twist that has ever been put into any kind of a story and I, I find that that's just one of my favorite things about it. And going into my second point, there are benefits to knowing the author father. So benefits to knowing the author. So let me give you a little head like little breakdown here. Has anyone ever had like You're doing something for your work, you're doing something for your office, you're about to put together a PowerPoint presentation for your boss, or you're trying to write something. I remember back whenever I was a kid, I needed like my parents or someone to help proofread my homework, and so I needed somebody to help me out a little bit. But whenever you get the ability to proofread, the benefit of being close to those people, like maybe even, say, your kids or your friends or your coworkers, is that you get an inside track to some of their coolest achievements, you kind of know before everybody else what's going to happen. And you're like, God, this kid is good. Like, I'm so proud of them. Like, I'm so glad that I get to watch from a distance, right? I'm so glad that I get to be a part of what he's going to do or what she is going to do. And I find that, like, sometimes we even get credit whenever we are a part of that story. So whenever we're asked to be a part and a proofread or to do some of these things with our coworkers. We get to be a part of it. Like I had a I had a buddy of mine whenever he graduated college, I had the privilege to be able to help him get his first job. And now since he's gotten his first professional job, he's now got a family and I've watched him and his life and his wife and his everybody it, it just I've watched him grow since college. And it's just been fascinating just to be a part of that. It's been wonderful. But I was a part, like, I saw what was taking place long before anyone else did. And so I had this awesome privilege to be a part of that. But when Christ walked on the earth, I am 100% sure that he had an inside track to what God wanted to do. He knew before everyone else what needed to be done or what was going to be done. And so, like, I... Can I skip down here a little bit? Maybe I have it. No, I'm going to have to wait for a second. Um, When Christ walked the earth, he had that inside track. And we had to catch up. Jesus had an interesting way of telling stories. He used parables, and he used hypothetical stories that carried immense symbolism to prove a point or another. But one of my favorite things he did was he answered a question with a question. Yeah? What am I, like... Talk about good people, good people that are good writers, you tend to steal some of their best work and use it for yourself. You know what I'm saying? So, have you ever asked somebody, like, have you ever done this to somebody? Have you ever, like, answered a question with a question? Have you ever tried that out before? I do it with youth kids all the time. And it is awesome. (laughs) Because... They're sitting there being so, so like so serious, like Pastor Kyle, blah, blah blah. I got this going on. I need your help. Like, what do I need to do? And they kind of lay it all out for me. And then I answer their question with a question that makes them think. And like my favorite thing is to watch teenagers and their wheels and their heads start to turn. <laughs> like they don't know how to respond. They're like, uh, uh. They really have to think about it for a minute. They really have to take a moment and ponder about what it is that you just said. And. It's just amazing because God uses that in Scripture, and it's fun watching youth kids do the same thing. And because I feel like as I get gratification doing that with the youth kids, I'm sure Jesus back then was, like, laughing the whole time. He was so excited. And uh, I, I get some, you know, the inside track to Kyle here. You know, I told you you get some, info, like, inside information. But I love doing it to the teenagers. And Jesus, like any good storyteller, would give spoilers in Mark, if you go to Mark chapters 8 through 10, and you're reading that, Jesus spoils the fact in each of those chapters, in chapter 8, chapter 9, and chapter 10, he spoils the fact that he is going to die. He's going to give his life. And the disciples, the apothe- they had no idea what he was talking about. They thought he was going to be here just so that he could take over. He's going to be the next king. He's going to restore Israel to former glory. But yet, he's talking, no, I'm going to give my life. And he he just breaks it down for me. He's like, I'm giving you spoilers to a movie. I'm giving, like, you guys don't want me to spoil the movie because I know that some of you guys haven't seen Star Wars in here. I know all the the details. And if you want to know, I can tell you. But nobody likes spoilers before they've gone to see a movie, okay? But Jesus, and, and, and I don't know if you've ever read a book or watched a movie or anything like that, but... That, that tells such a good story that whenever you watch it, you get done watching it, you go back and watch that movie, you go back and read that book, you realize the author kind of gives you a little like, spoiler himself. They give you a little inside track to what they're about to do, and you, don't, you just don't catch it the first time. You just don't see it. And that's kind of what happens here in this moment because Jesus is giving the disciples spoilers like, hey, I am going to die for the world, but yet he uses it as a teaching moment because they're just not ready for it yet. I am a huge fan of Sir Arthur Conan Doyle and his works. Um, Sherlock Holmes, for instance. There's a BBC show called Sherlock that I am, I love it. They've done so well with it. But Sherlock Holmes has always been depicted with an incredible ability to see what others do not, even whenever it's in plain sight. He has this deductive ability that you know, allows him to see differently than everybody else, see what other people can't see, and to make connections that other people cannot make. And so, like, I'm not necessarily saying that, like, Sherlock is similar to Jesus in this respect, but just was, like, Jesus knew what he was about to do. He knew why he was here. And Sherlock kind of can tell you what's about to happen. Whenever I'm reading, I, I, I've gone back and I've read some of these, uh, these books. I, I hear them on audiobook whenever I'm up at the office And as I'm reading these things, like, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle wrote it in a way to where Sherlock would set up the finishing product. He'd tell you, like, you just need to show up at my office at this time a couple days from now, and then I'll have your answer. Because he's like, I've already solved the case. Like, he already knew putting things into action and putting things into place long before two days from now it was going to happen. And I just find that's kind of what is amazing here he just knew he just had this ability to know and so i I have a video to kind of show a little bit of what sherlock holmes is like so if you guys would kind of watch this video for a second
1: Okay, you've got questions. Yeah, where are we going? Crime scene, next. Who are you? What do you do? What do you think? I'd say private detective. But? But the police don't go to private detectives. I'm a consulting detective. The only one in the world that invented the job. What does that mean? It means when the police are out of their depth, which is always, they consult me. The police don't consult amateurs. When I met you for the first time yesterday, I said Afghanistan or Iraq. You looked surprised. Yes, how did you know? I didn't know. I saw. Your haircut, the way you hold yourself, says military. But your conversation as you entered the room. A bit different from my day. Said trained at Bart, so army doctor. Obvious. Your face is tanned. But no tan above the wrists. You've been abroad, but not sunbathing. Limp's really bad when you walk. You don't ask for a chair, you stand like you've forgotten about it. So he's partly psychosomatic. That says the original circumstances of the injury were traumatic. Wounded in action. Then wounded in action. Santan, Afghanistan or Iraq. You said I had a therapist. Got a psychosomatic limp. Of course, you've got a therapist. Then there's your brother. Hmm? Your phone is expensive, email enabled. MP3 player. (coughs) Are you looking for a flash, eh? You wouldn't waste money on this. It's a gift, then. Scratch is not one. Many over time. It's been in the same pocket as keys and coins. Man sitting next to me wouldn't treat as one luxury item like this, so it's had a previous owner. Next bit's easy. You know it already. The engraving. Harry Watson, clearly family member who's given you his old phone. Not your father. This is a young man's gadget. Could be a cousin, but you're a war hero who can't find a place to live. Unlikely you've got an extended family. Certainly not one you're close to. So, brother, it is now. Clara. Who's Clara? Three kisses. As is a romantic attachment. At the expense of the phone says wife, not girlfriend. She must have it to him recently. This model's only six months old. <laughs> Marriage in trouble, then. Six months old, he's just given it away. If she'd left him, he would have kept it. People do. Sentiment. But no, he wanted rid of it. He left her. He gave the phone to you. That says he wants you to stay in touch. You're looking for cheap accommodation, and you're not going to your brother for help. It says you've got problems with him. Maybe you liked his wife. Maybe you don't like his drinking. How can you possibly know about the drinking? Shot in the dark. Good one, though. Power connection, tiny little scuff marks around the edge of it. Every night he goes to plug it in to charge, but his hands are shaking. You never see those marks on a sober man's phone. never see a drunks without them. There you go. See, so you were right. I was right. Right about what? The police don't consult amateurs. That was amazing. Do you think so? Of course it was. It was extraordinary. It was quite...
0: All right, so I hope I sold Sherlock Holmes to you for a second here. <laughs> Nothing like going to the movies during the holidays, but like he's sitting, he's, he's breaking it all down, and he sees stuff that other people don't. Jesus, whenever he was here, he knew. Whenever he was 12 years old, hanging out with those men at, I mean, I mean, he's he's in the temple, hanging out with these priests and he's they're they're looking at him just astonished at his knowledge of scripture astonished at just how amazing he like his his depth and understanding and so like Jesus knew even long before like he was probably twelve even before that that he was here for a purpose he knew what he was going to accomplish and he, he just walked the face of the earth with all of us and he he wanted to help guide us to the right path to the right place to the his permanent place where he would die on the cross, and he knew all of that long before it was ever going to happen. He just knew it. He knew that in our story of this world that we needed a new kind of hero. And we're just, you know, coming out of the Christmas season where we celebrate the arrival of this special hero, you know, and he's the reason we have to hope, the reason we have to serve. But by knowing the author, Father... And recognizing the plot twist in the story, he's set up for a spectacular ending, which we already know about. And, and this kind of brings me to my third point. Every story has an amazing antagonist, a villain, right? It's no secret. We all know who our biggest enemy and our biggest villain is, right? Satan. I mean, we can just say that. We just what, One of my favorite villains in all of just any story is Star Wars. You think about this dark figure, he's one of the most recognizable villains of all time. He's got this awesome mask, goes, whoosh, you know, and does some of that. But then I can't think of Darth Vader without, dun, 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 dun. I mean, he's just one of the greatest villains of all time, and it really doesn't take much. It's kind of like Jaws, dun, 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 dun. Dunna, dunna. I mean, it doesn't take much to make a villain, and, and but every story has one, and every good story has one, and so in our story, it's Satan, and we all know that Satan, being the antagonist, has always wanted to be able to have the rights to tell the same story that God's been been telling. He's wanted to be able to take the keys and drive the car. He's been wanting to be able to take over the world and steal it from God, and so You know, he had moments where he thought he was getting close. He had moments where he thought he was getting close to where he could do that. He was trying to strip everything from God himself. But yet, one of the awesome things is, is that Satan didn't see the plot twist in this story coming. He had no idea. He was just as surprised as everyone in the apostles back then. And he had, he just, like, I could just imagine Satan, seeing Satan rise, or seeing Jesus rise on the third day, and he's just like, what is going on here? I didn't see that coming. I can only imagine, like, how scared he was because, like, I thought I had turned everyone against him. Like, I thought I had won. But yet, the keys... We're stolen. Jesus took them back from him. And just, he took back the rights to steal that. He took back the rights to tell the story. And what I also find is amazing is that even though we all know that Satan is here to steal, kill, and destroy, we all know like that plan hasn't changed even for us today. He wants us to be stolen. He wants us to forget about a relationship with the author father. He wants us to forget about having a relationship with Jesus at all. And you know what? History has proven that we're really good at forgetting. I think I preached a sermon a couple, like maybe last year, where I talked about how easy it is that the Israelites forget. And how they have to come back. Or Jesus has to seek after them and then they come back. But how easy it is for us to forget about the story of Jesus and letting that like, reside in us and constantly impact us daily. But I truly think that God went fishing on that day. He got Satan hook, hook, line, and sinker. Like, he went fishing. He took him and just, man, that was just awesome. It was so cool. I love that part of the story. But I wonder how many in this room have fallen victim. You know, that you've fallen victim to his traps and to his schemes. I wonder how many of us in this room have let things get in the way of Jesus and our relationship together with Him, having a relationship with God. I wonder how many of us have fallen victim. You know, there was a time in my life where I thought that, hey, I got this, God. And, and this was a time of my life where I was a Christian. This is a time in my life where I'm like, look, I don't need you. I'm gonna put you probably over here at this arm. I can come and get, like if I'm in super in trouble, I can come and get you. I know where to turn. But as a Christian, I thought that, you know what, I can take this on myself. I can do this. I can go and accomplish it. But you know what happens whenever you start to venture far from home and you start to see things that you've never seen before and you start to realize that, you know, this ain't like home. Like I wised up real quick and I went back, I went back to God and I was like, hey dude, forgive me. I've messed up. I need your help. I can't do this story. I can't walk this life without you being a part of it. And the enemy, was uh, he sat there for a second. As I was trying to push God over here, he was sitting there like, oh, I got him now. He's coming to the bait. He's about to leave. He's about to come my way. He's about to turn away from God. And you know what? Whenever I started turning back and going, he's like, man. And I'm sitting like, I'm like, I get today. Like, this is one of the amazing blessings. I get to be able to have Jesus so much a part of my story that I get to come up here, have a microphone, have the ability just to talk about him on a regular basis. Jesus Is the man. He is awesome. And what is so cool about that is that in this relationship that we have with him, my fourth point is that we get to be co authors with Christ. Like we all know that the greatest author pinning this book is God. But whenever we have Jesus inside of us, we become co authors with him. Some of us, he wants to take us on an adventure. Some of you have already been on an adventure. <laughs> and you're like, Man, I need that adventure to slow down a little bit. But he wants us to make some of us heroes. He wants to make some of us leading ladies in the starring role of a movie. You know what I'm saying? He wants to make us in the amazing things that he, he can use. And like some of us, we, we're so uptight. He, like, I, I like cartoons. I'll never, like, I admit that I like cartoons. I'm 31 years old, and I like watching cartoons with my kids. Okay? All right? I don't have a problem admitting this. Rochelle will vouch. She knows that that is true. I don't have a problem. But some of us, we're so uptight. We need to be a little God wants us to be a little bit more cartoony. He wants to kind of take it easy a little bit. Maybe God wants to be able to... Like, have us challenge ourselves to do something that we've never done before. Maybe start that business. Maybe do something. And it's just a moment where he just is like, you know what? It's just going to take a little bit of faith on your part. He wants to take us on an adventure. But just as God has the ultimate ability to write whatever story he wants to create, something like Genesis 1 where he created something from nothing, We have the ability to write and create a story that can live on beyond the pages of this scripture. We have an ability paired with Jesus in our lives to write an amazing story that goes beyond these pages. What made Jesus so special is that he made things personal. He, God, the son of this God, the Son came and performed a miracle after miracle, and fulfilled scriptures foretold through God's word. And whenever Jesus spoke, people listened. When Jesus spoke, people gravitated to him. And I kind of want to use this. You know, we're, we're, I want to go to the Sermon on the Mount, and this is in Matthew chapter four twenty three. Okay. And starting here, I'm going to read for quite some time, but this is just an amazing part. This is Jesus on the mountainside. And I want you to picture this Matthew chapter 4, verse 23. It says, Jesus went throughout Galilee teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness among the people. Jesus knew about, or news about him spread all over Syria, and the people brought to him. All who were ill with various diseases, those suffering severe pain. Excuse me. The demon possessed those having seizures and the paralyzed, and he healed them. Large crowds from Galilee, the Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and the region across the Jordan followed him. Now when he saw the crowds, he went up to the mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him, and he began to teach them, saying this. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great your reward is in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. You are the salt of the earth. Fast forward to today's time. Is Jesus physically here among us right now? Not physically. not here. Is Jesus performing miracles right in front of us right now? In his physical presence? No. But is Jesus here today? Yeah. Why is that? that? Because he's living inside of you and me. He is here because he's living inside of you and me. See, when we asked him to be a part of our lives, we became co-authors with Christ. He lives in us and he gives us a story to tell to the people around us about his goodness, his saving grace, his love for us. And we get to be a part of the writing process. Like, think about that. That's a pretty awesome honor. We get to be co-authors with our Savior. But the story that's being told, I, I was telling you, like some of the best stories have yet to be told because they're your stories. They're your stories. It's the stories that God is giving you to tell everyone around you. The ones like, Eugene, bro, whenever God uses you to talk about how, like the incredible things that he's done in your life, Man, I'm just sitting back and taking notes. Like, God has done some incredible things, and it has been amazing watching him do it. And the fact that you're here today, you can testify to that. Man, God has given you an amazing gift to be able to bless all of us in this room. And the stories that I have to tell are different than your stories. Some of you, like, Richardson family, where you at? You in here? I got got Mike... You guys, like Quincy, this last year. The story of your guys' family trying to overcome the death of Quincy, like, this has been something that's impacted my life. Whenever i go gone to visit you guys in the hospital, like, you guys are trying to lift me up <laughs> whenever I get there. It's, it's going to be all right, Pastor Kyle. He's in a better place. Everything's good. And I'm just like, man. You guys' story and the things that God is using you guys, because even in tragedy, even in the midst of the craziness of life, God is able to use that to impact somebody's life. Did like If you weren't here for Quincy's funeral, this place was packed. There wasn't an empty seat in the room, and there were kids everywhere. And God was able to use Quincy's life to impact theirs. And that is amazing. People give, like, God gives us all a story to tell. Rochelle, you have an amazing story that's worth telling. All, these, all you ladies, anybody that's ever had to deal with any kind of sexual abuse, like, I know she's given me permission on this, not to necessarily always go public with this, but she has an incredible story to help women that have gone through that same situation. And only she can, like, only she can help them in a way that you and I can't. Anybody that's been through a divorced home, kind of left, like, making, like, like, I don't care for you. Like, that's my story. I had a father that left me and my brother and didn't care about us until my stepdad came in, married my mom, and showed me how to be a man of God. And I needed that in my life. But I can relate to people, especially in this culture, especially teenagers that have to deal with fathers leaving their families. And I can relate to that. But you guys have a story to tell. God's given you guys a story. You know, like we're thinking about closing off twenty eighteen, like 2017. Think about all of the stories that he's given us in the year 2017. The stories that we have as a church to impact our community and what we've been able to do in our toy drives. And these amazing people that we're able to impact and bless just around us. The fact that we're about to start a Spanish ministry in 2018. Like This is amazing. Just think about all of the opportunities we have ahead of us and the stories that we're going to be able to hear because of lives being changed. That is amazing to me. A lot of you guys want to know what the story is to my hair bun, my man bun. Uh, Pastor Rachel, it's her fault. It's her fault. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it's her fault any time I get a chance because I was at a wedding a couple years back, Jesse Longoria, one of my former... Um, youth of kids, and I'm sitting at this wedding. He's got one of his best men here. He's got his hair in a man bun. And she's like, Kyle, you know, you could probably pull that off. And I had never thought about growing a man bun in my entire life. Like, I'm, uh, for the most part, I'm pretty conservative, okay? <laughs> I like to keep my hair short and, you know, just nice, nice cut clean. But she was like, yeah, you could do that. And now, even though I'm not, that's not the real reason why I did it. I'm going to blame it on her. I'm going to say it was her fault. I wanted to try it, see what it was like. No, but guys, like if you ever wanted a confidence booster, go hang out with the kids in the children's ministry. They they make you think, like feel like you are so big and so awesome. I went in there a couple days ago, and you know, like youth kids love my hair. They think it's cool. They think it's awesome. So I'm not cutting it. It's what it is. What it is, but. I have one of these little kids that's over there in the children's ministry come up to me and say, like, Pastor Kyle, I want to have hair like you. That's so awesome. And you know how that makes me feel? Like, for, that makes me like, I'm awesome. I can like, this is so cool. But I realize that my story, some of the things that I do in my life, some of the things that I say or even where, how I wear my hair, it could impact somebody else's life. Even the little ninos. And I find it's amazing. If the altar team would come, kind of have the band playing in the background, we all know that the Word of God is about Jesus from start to finish. And the way that we can be a part of this epic story is by having a personal relationship with the author, Father. And if today you realize that, you know what, Kyle? You're talking about these fun stories. We had a little fun talking about Star Wars. and We had a little fun talking about Star Trek. We had a little fun talking about Sherlock Holmes and some of these things. We had a little fun talking about Samson and David and like you know, these amazing characters in Scripture like Elijah. But a story is only as good as if, Like right now, you realize that you need Jesus to be a part of your story. Today, you can have that opportunity. You can have that opportunity where the plot twist to your story can start today. You can begin it where everything changes and it spins completely around and you have Jesus walking with you from this moment forward. That can happen today. And I also think like some of us in this room, just like me, being a Christian, can be good at putting Jesus or God at a distance. And we kind of need to realize that we need him to be a part of our daily story. We need him to be a part of how we walk through this life every day so that we can make the most impact with what we have been given. Sometimes I think about whenever he tells me to do something, I'm like, dude, you are crazy. I'm, I'm, I'm at work three weeks ago, and he is just hitting me with like, talk about, talk about this. Whenever you get to preach next. I'm like, okay. I didn't know that three weeks ago I was going to have everyone in this room here today no idea I'm just kind of following with what God's wanting me to talk about but the best story ever told is the story of Jesus and his sacrifice on the cross and the fact that he can live with you and me daily walk with us daily and help us through life because this life ain't easy anybody that thinks that we talk about leaning on God as a crutch you know they they're, something is crazy something's going on with them They don't truly understand the persecution and the things that we have to face daily to be faithful, to be obedient. They don't get that. But maybe we need to be better as Christians about including Jesus into our daily story instead of just keeping Him at a distance. And Maybe, guys... This is the close of 2017. Maybe some of you guys are already forward thinking here. And you're just like, you know, I got a lot of junk that I just need to get off my chest. This has been a lot that's happened this year, and I need Jesus. I need somebody to pray with me to help me through it, to know that I've got somebody in my corner. And if that's you today, if, if you are any of these things, we have an amazing like, altar team down here that wants to pray with you. That wants to be a part of maybe starting your plot twist moment to your story. And, and maybe helping you through the challenges that life brings its way. But maybe to project you into success for 2018. Because you're making you a part of your story. I want to hear your stories. I'm so glad that I get to be a part of some of the best stories in this room. You guys have some of the f- my favorite stories that I like telling because God is doing incredible things in you. The youth kids like the success stories that they have like this this last year I graduated at Demion and Demion is one of my youth kids that went to go play college football out of NEO. He just came home with a championship ring okay and and that's something that he was never able to get at more high school, okay? But the guy is so good at football, and I know that he could do it. He was worth it. But to see the success story that he gets to come, and he's calling me on the phone, Pastor Kyle, we did it, and it's talking it up. I got to go watch him play, and he did amazing, and I love being a part of his story. And just how excited I get about some of my youth kids, Jesus is so excited to be a part of our story. God is so proud of us. I tell my youth kids this all the time. I tell them that there's nothing that you can do right now, right here, in this moment, that can make God love you more or love you less. Nothing. Because God created you. He knows everything about you. You are his creation, and he loves his creation. He loves us. But you know something that could put a smile on his face? Starting a relationship with him, including him, into your daily life. And sometimes we can easily forget. But this year I challenge us. Let's not forget about Jesus daily. Let's not forget about what he's going to do. And if you'd stand... God, we thank you today. You're amazing. We thank you for everyone's individual story and that you want to be a part of it. And God, I just ask, as the music begins to play, Lord, I ask that if anyone needs prayer, if anyone needs to have a moment with you, God, Or need someone to pray with them and agree with them going into a new year to where they can start fresh. Getting everything off of their chest from 2017. God, I pray that you'll begin to move. Everyone begin to move. If you feel like you need some prayer. You feel like you need healing in your life going into 2018. You need some, you have some illness, some bodily illness. Whenever we pray, I know that God hears our prayer. I know that miracles happen, and he performs them whenever he is a part of our lives. He does that work in us today, through us today, because he's a part of this story, our story. And if you have anything going on in your body, physically, you want prayer, please come to the front. Please see some of our altar team up here. Let them agree with you. If you want to have a better story going into 2018, please come to the front and move. Father, we thank you today. We thank you for being such a good God. We thank you for the story of the cross. We thank you for the birth of a Savior like we're celebrating this Christmas. We thank you, God, for being so good the light in a dark place God you are our redeemer whenever all things go wrong God you can come in and whenever we have so much weight upon our lives you can make it better you can take that weight off and say we don't have to carry that alone Jesus thank you Thank you for your sacrifice on the cross. Thank you for knowing your part in the story of being the greatest plot twist of all time and to know that you, even whenever you knew what was going to happen, you saw it through. So that we today could ask and receive Jesus into our lives or to have you a part of our story. So that we can be eternally with you in heaven, but we can also spread the good news here. Guys, my life verse is Matthew 28, 19, and 20, and it's therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them everything that I have commanded you well into the end of the age. That second part always gets me, because it's asking me to be active in telling my story. The only story that I have to tell, and see, whenever the... Crowds formed around Jesus to come and hear him speak, they did it because of his, like, him actually making things personal. If we want to see real impact in our communities, if we want to see real change and real turning around of what God wants to do with the people in our lives, that means we got to be able to be better at telling our story. So God, I pray that you will give us a boldness going into 2018. God, I ask that you will give us favor going into 2018 where whenever we begin to live our lives and live our story, that God, all they see is you. All they can take away from it is how good of a God you are. And that all they want to do is be attracted to Jesus. All they want to do is be attracted to having a relationship with you. And God, I pray that you will use everyone in this room to do it. So that, God, we can see even greater things than what we saw in 2017 happen in 2018. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I love you. You're dismissed. Thank you for uh, having the moment giving me my one time a year (laughs) guys you're awesome thanks for letting me be a part of your story